0: Good morning everyone, it's good to be here with you, my name is David, one of the staff here at church and hello to those people who join us on the live stream as well and uh, if you've got your Bibles, have them open at 1 Kings chapter 10 and 11, we'll be looking at that this morning as well as dipping back into Hebrews a little bit later. As we come to hear the word of God preached, let me lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, Uh, thank you that it is written for us. Uh, for our instruction, that we might know you and salvation through Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would work in us by your Spirit uh, as we hear you speak, that we might know you, uh, that we might know Jesus, that we might find life in him now and forever. We pray this in his name. Amen. Well, one of the sad realities of life is, you know, we get used to really great things, like we just become familiar with something that is excellent and it just becomes like, part of the scenery. Uh, well, <clears throat> uh, this happened to me uh, when we used to live at this great property, uh, we were just renting, but it used to have this It had this really expansive view out the back, like it was just a sprawling green field that sloped down to this creek, and there was a willow tree that hung over the creek, and there was horses that would walk around, and there was flowers, it was just beautiful. And I remember the first time that we went there, uh, we walked out the back, it, it took our breath away. It, it, it knocked us back, it was so great and, and we loved it. But then what happened was uh, after some time and you live there, you get used to it uh, and it just becomes part of the scenery. But what would happen every now and then was is that someone would come and visit us at our place and we'd take them out the back and they would just go, wow, how cool is this? And we would sort of see it again through their eyes and be like, you know what, actually it is, it is pretty good. And we'd be reminded of just how great it was, that thing that we had grown familiar with. And so this can happen to us as Christians, can't it? You will know if you have come to know God and salvation through Jesus Christ, uh, it is the most amazing truth in the world. It's the greatest thing, the most satisfying, the most special. But what can happen is after some time, we can just grow a little bit used to it. It can just become part of the scenery for us and not impress us like it did in the beginning but God's Word is so great because God's Word is like that visitor that comes over and says do, do you see how great this is and, and it can just remind us of how great these things are or maybe even and for all of us this has happened it can show us for the first time how excellent these things really are And so today that happens for us uh, we, we see it happening in 1 Kings today We see it happening as the queen of Sheba comes to Solomon her reaction to him shows us how great this king is and how great is his kingdom and we're meant to see that but what we're meant to see even through that today as we hear God's word is that Solomon and his kingdom are meant to point us to a greater king and a greater kingdom that we have come to know through Jesus and we we must always remember that as you read the old testament uh, these things that happened that we read about in the Old Testament—they were never intended to be it. Right? They were never meant to be the final finished product. In, in God's wisdom, uh, He He had made these things happen, and He's written them down for us in His Word uh, as shadows of a greater reality, as as models of something bigger and better that was to come. Right? So King Solomon and his kingdom, as as great as they were. They had a greater purpose than themselves, to point us to King Jesus and his greater kingdom. And, and it really does that in, in two ways. It shows us the goodness of these things, so we can see how Jesus is better, but also shows us how these things failed and these things were, were not as good as they should have been. Right? We see that today with King Solomon, uh, with his failure, with the the breaking of his kingdom. We're reminded that that we live in a broken world, uh, that we have broken hearts. And so as you read the Old Testament, we're left longing for this king who will come. This king who will come and establish this kingdom that will last forever. It it won't fall over and break. And so we're going to be looking at that today. Uh, Here's an outline for us. We're going to look at how how great Solomon was, uh, but how much greater is Jesus. We're going to look at the failure of Solomon. And how that points us to Jesus who did not fail and then finally we going to look at the consequences for both King Solomon and for King Jesus as we finish up and so if you've been with us reading through One Kings uh, you will know where we're up to right now we've reached the high point of the Old Testament uh, God's promises have been fulfilled uh, God's wise king is on his throne he's built God's temple so God is dwelling among his people to bless them it does not get any better than this, at least in the Old Testament. And so the first thing we're gonna to see today is, is how great is Solomon at this point. So verse one of chapter 10, have a look at that. Uh, it tells us that the queen of Sheba heard about how great Solomon was. She lived a long way away, but she, she heard about him and came a long way to see him if the reports were true. And, and so we see the greatness of Solomon through her eyes right through her reaction to him through her response and then this great realization so reaction response and then a realization so firstly her reaction in verses four and five when the queen of sheba saw all the wisdom of solomon and the palace he had built the food on his table the seating of his officials the attending servants in their robes his cupbearers, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the lord she was overwhelmed literally The breath was taken out of her, it was breathtaking. She was knocked back by the greatness of Solomon. And so her response, she tells us why this was the case in verse six and seven, her response, is that the report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told me in wisdom and wealth, you have far exceeded the report I heard. Solomon's even greater than she had been told and she's showing us that as we read her response and then finally there's this realization from her which really gives us the summary of, 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 of Solomon's greatness. So she says in verse 8 and 9, how happy your people must be. How happy your officials who continually, continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. How happy are the people around this king in this kingdom. But then she realizes it's, it's, it's more than Solomon. The, the reason for this is because of God. And so she goes on, she says, Praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel because the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. So the people are happy in this great kingdom of this great king and God has done it all and it's through the queen of sheba's eyes that we see that don't we? we we see how great this is but we've got to remember this is here in the old testament to show us and to point us to the one who is greater All right and that one that one is jesus jesus even pointed this out himself if you've read the gospels you would have heard this uh he said this in luke luke eleven 31 uh, we'll have to go back a few we've skipped ahead that's it. Jesus said this, the queen of the south, and he's talking about the queen of Sheba, will rise at the judgment with the people of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now something greater than Solomon is here. And he's talking about himself, right? Solomon was was the wisest, most wealthy, uh, most famous person in the world, right? right? His wisdom would have made Einstein look simple. Right, his wealth would have made Elon Musk look like you know, he was struggling to pay his rent. Uh, his fame would have made Dwayne the Rock Johnson just look like a nobody. We know who that is, don't we? Jesus is greater than Solomon. Right, people, if you read the Gospels, you will see that people who saw and heard Jesus, some of the things that we read is that they were amazed. They were astonished. They marveled. They were overwhelmed by Jesus, the things that he said, the things that he did. That is why these crowds come to Jesus. They, they come looking for him from all over the place to see him. right? And they're crowding around him just to get a glimpse of his power, just to, just to hear what he says in his wisdom. Right? And Jesus was so amazing. He would make the deaf hear. He would make the mute speak. He'd make the blind see. He'd make the lame walk. He would even make the dead rise from the dead. And as as we see Jesus in his word, I don't think we are as impressed by him as we ought to be. We are not as impressed by Jesus as we should be. Jesus should take our breath away. As we see him in his word, uh, it should really just blow us away. But we are either blind to that glory and we've never ever seen it or we have seen it but we've just grown dull to it and we've grown used to it and it's just now part of the scenery. Right? Jesus is so great. We should see that in his word and if we cannot, we can pray. We can pray to God and say, God, open my eyes. Show me the greatness of Jesus in your word so I might see him, I might know him, I might enjoy him. So we can pray that and we should pray that because we need this great king. Because what we'll see is that Solomon was a great king, but Solomon failed, right? We see this in chapter 11. Uh, This is is Solomon's fall. Uh, And Solomon, if you're thinking, well, how did he fail? Well, he failed in the one area that matters most. He failed to love God, failed to love God. We see that in verse one, when it tells us, King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians and Hittites. And this is a problem because these these foreign wives turned Solomon's heart from loving God to loving other gods, their gods, these false gods of other religions, these idols. And God had said to Solomon, to his people, this would happen. If you you marry women who don't love God, they're gonna turn your heart away from me. Right, so, and Solomon. Think back to when we're talking about wisdom. What was wisdom? Wisdom was hearing the word of God and obeying it. And Solomon had wisdom, but but he was led astray. Right, he turned his heart after other gods. Right, this was his sin. Turning from the love of God to love idols. Right? And, and we, the the text here wants us, I think, to be appalled at what Solomon has done because it tells us in verse nine that the Lord had appeared to Solomon twice, not once, but twice, right? God had loved him, God had blessed him, God had given him wisdom and this great kingdom. But Solomon, who was a wise king, had become a fool in his old age. He turned his back on God to love other gods. This should should appall us. I was thinking of an example. It's like if, if if a married couple going on their honeymoon And on the honeymoon, the wife leaves the husband to be with another man. That would shock us and appall us. And that is what Solomon has done to God. He has left him for other gods. And Solomon Solomon really failed to be the king that God had called him to be, the king that he needed to be for his people and for his kingdom. And, And the big truth is that uh, this, this blessing of God, God's presence among his people, as we've seen in One King's, it can only be sustained if they are ruled by a king who is obedient to the word of God. i say that again. God's presence among his people can only be sustained if they are ruled by a king who is obedient to the word of God. And Solomon was not that king. Right, so we need a better king than Solomon. And this is where we come to Jesus. Uh, Jesus was that better King. Hebrews 4:15 tells us—that's a great verse to know. Hebrews 4:15 tells us that Jesus was tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Now that, that, that is just remarkable. Just think about that for a minute. He never sinned. He never failed. Right? He never spoke a sinful word. Right? No lie, no slander, no gossip, no gossip. He never did a sinful act. Right? He, he, he never stole anything. He never fought with anyone, right? He, he never broke the law in any way. He, he never had a sinful thought. Can you imagine that? Never lusted, never hated, never envied his whole life for every moment, every day, his entire life. Uh, but instead he, he did what was right. He loved God with all his heart, all his soul, all his strength, all his mind, all the time and Jesus he was tempted as we are but he was tempted far greater than we are you might think about his temptation in the wilderness by the devil and how he he passed that test and did not fail but but the devil never left him his whole life just waiting for an opportune time for him to slip up for him to drop his guard setting traps so that he might slip but Jesus never slipped his whole life Paul tells us in Philippians that Jesus was obedient to death his whole life, even death on a cross. And we needed Jesus to do this for us. We needed Jesus to be sinless for us right? so that he could become sin for us. Paul points that out in 2 Corinthians 5.21, another great verse to remember. Paul says that God made him, talking about Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us and this is why so that in him we might become the righteousness of God that is that Jesus was able to take his sin uh, to take our sin upon himself so that we could be right with God so that our sin could be taken away and we could be right with God right Jesus is the one who saves us from the consequences of our sin. Because there are consequences for sin. We've got to understand that. Uh, Solomon sinned. There were consequences for his sin. We see this uh, as we keep going. And not going to look at many verses here, but we're going to see the consequences of Solomon's sin play out uh, through the rest of one Kings. But the first consequence of sin we see in verse 9 is that the Lord became angry with Solomon. The Lord became angry with Solomon. Now, I know people don't like the idea that God is angry. I think that's because we, when we think about God's anger, we think about it like our anger, right? And our anger is, is very much impulsive and unreasonable and very emotional and just out of control and it just hurts people a lot of the time. But we've got to understand God's anger is not like our anger, right? God's anger is his settled response to sin, in the world it is righteous it is just it is fitting it is deserved that's God's anger and and the Bible tells us God is he's not quick to anger he is slow to anger it is a slow burn he is patient but he's also just he will not let sins remain unpunished there are consequences for sin and so we see that in Solomon's life god says to him these are going to be the consequences for your sin verse 11 of chapter 11. god says to solomon since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees which i commanded you i'll most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates and so god always does what he says and he did this Uh, he tore the kingdom from solomon gave it to someone else and so this is like if, if we see that picture you know the picture we show sometimes of like the bible timeline I'm going to flash it up now Barry thank you don't worry about the words just look at the black line uh, you'll see the black line splits in two at that white dot and that is because of this that is this point when the kingdom is torn in two. Uh, Ten tribes uh, sort of abandon Solomon and his son and become part of the northern kingdom Israel under Jeroboam and the southern kingdom Uh, of Judah sort of remains loyal to Solomon's son Rehoboam but the kingdom you can see is is split into it's very significant in terms of the Bible's storyline and and it was because of Solomon's sin Uh, and so the kingdom declined from this point eventually uh, it was was destroyed in exile Uh, and, and this is because of sin, this is what sin does. To, to our world and to our, to ourselves and to our people. But sin, as, as much as it destroyed this kingdom, uh, sin did not destroy the promises of God, right? The, the promises of God to be the God of his people. They remained and they are what we see fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and in the consequences of his obedience Right, you know, so, so like there were kind of consequences for Solomon's sin, there's also consequences for Jesus' obedience, isn't there? Uh, you might know uh, Philippians chapter 2, uh, when Paul tells us Jesus was obedient to death on the cross. It then says, therefore. And what that's showing us is these are the consequences of Jesus' obedience. And what are they? Let's have a look. Philippians chapter 2, 9 to 11. It says, therefore... God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. These are the consequences of Jesus' obedience. Jesus Christ is Lord. It means God God has crowned Jesus as the eternal king of his everlasting eternal kingdom right? That is what he gets from his obedience. He's risen like that. And, you know, we don't often think about where Jesus is now, do we? Um, it's kind of like we don't think about where King Charles is now, do we? Does anyone think about where he is right now? Like he had the big moment of the coronation, the crowning, and everyone was watching, and then a few weeks later, yeah, who cares? We're, we're whatever. He's just doing king stuff, right? Where is Jesus right now? Do you ever think about that? Right? Jesus is is doing this. He is risen in glory. He is reigning over all things. He is the ruler of God's kingdom. He has more power than America and China and Russia, like all put together. He's ruling over all kingdoms right now. And he will reign until he comes again in glory. On that day, all enemies will be placed under his feet. All his people will be gathered to him in peace, And in his glory, people from from all time and all places who have believed in him uh, gathered to him in the new creation under this king, in this kingdom. And how happy will his people be? You think people were happy under Solomon? How much happier will people be under King Jesus in his kingdom for eternity? Uh, And Jesus is able to do that. He's able to sustain this kingdom because he was the one who was obedient to the Word of God to death and he has risen. Solomon, even in his failures, was the one who was pointing us to Jesus, the one who would not fail. And So then finally, I just want to think about this last thing together, which is there's consequences for Jesus, but there's also consequences for his people. What are the consequences for the king's people? Well, Hebrews uh, tells us a bit about that. Hebrews 5, 9, we read this. It says there that once made perfect, and I was talking about Jesus, uh, being made perfect through obedience and through his death and resurrection. Once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Right? Salvation, Jesus is the source of salvation. Salvation is salvation from the consequences of sin. Like God was angry with Solomon for his sin, God is angry with us for our sin. We all have that heart like Solomon that doesn't love God like we should, but turns away to love other gods and other things. And we deserve the consequences for our sin. It's not good. It is the eternal judgment of God under his wrath and anger forever. But the sinless one who died in our place means that he suffered the punishment we deserved. Now he satisfied the just anger of God against sin. And so he has become the source of eternal salvation for all who trust in him. If you want salvation, you go to Jesus to get it. Anyone who comes to him believing in him, right, they are forgiven of all their sin, given eternal life with God. Right, how happy other people who know Jesus as their saviour how happy will they be forever enjoying his salvation right it is a great salvation and a big point in Hebrews is that we should not ignore this great salvation that has come to us in Jesus Christ right you know how the Lord appeared to Solomon twice and that like that was pretty good well, we have something better. Jesus has appeared to us and our world, and he he appears to us in his word. Right? God has appeared to us in Jesus, and we should not ignore this savior or this salvation. You, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, uh, many people did not recognize him, did not acknowledge his greatness. You know, that's why Jesus said what he said about the queen of Sheba, that she would rise and condemn them at the judgment day, because she did recognize how great. God's king was. She came a long way to see how great God's king was. Now that something greater is here, we must recognize how great this king is. We don't see him in the flesh. doesn't walk among us that way anymore. But we have something better. We see him in his word. If you want to see Jesus, read your Bible. You can see the glory of God in Jesus Christ in the Gospel. That is where we see him. And so the the message of Hebrews, the message for us today is do not ignore this great salvation. There's a great part of Hebrews that talks about this. Uh, The writer says there that we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard. And he's talking about what we've heard about Jesus so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, he's talking about the Old Testament and the law there. And every violation and disobedience received its just punishment. Right? Just like Solomon received his just punishment. Right? How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? And the answer is that we will not escape if we ignore the salvation that God offers to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. We will not escape. But God's wrath will remain on us and we'll have to face the consequences of our sin ourselves. But anyone who trusts in Jesus, who comes to the source of eternal salvation, they will be saved. And we can approach that throne of our King with confidence because Jesus tells us to come. He says, come and receive forgiveness. Come and receive a place in my kingdom. He says that we will receive mercy. And if we do that, we can be those people who rejoice in our King, who rejoice in his everlasting kingdom. Or it can be those who look forward with great hope and joy to the time when our King will appear a second time. And and, and this time, it will not be to give people a chance to be saved, but it will be coming with judgment and to save those also who have been waiting for him. How happy are the people Uh, whose king is Jesus. Uh, If that is you, rejoice in your great king and his greatness. Uh, If that is not you, come to him today. Come to this king and receive his mercy and a place in his kingdom. I'm going to lead us in prayer now uh, as we reflect upon these great things God has said. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that You have revealed Yourself uh, in the person and work of Jesus. Uh, Father, I pray that You would help us to see His glory in the Gospel. I pray that when we see it, we would not ignore Him and His salvation, uh, but we would be those who come humbly uh, and obediently um, to receive Your grace and mercy and Your forgiveness of our sin. And Father, we thank you for the place that we have in your kingdom through Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to rejoice in that, uh, to find comfort in that, and to find confidence uh, that we are not destined for wrath, uh, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ when he comes again. And so, Father, we pray, help us to look forward to that day uh, and to pray, come, Lord Jesus, come. And Lord, may we pray it always in Jesus' name. Amen.